Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to have an encounter with the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Sister Joy is a daughter of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills and currently pastors the Ideasi branch of the First Love Church, a thriving church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. She's also a Macarius minister under the Dyke Hewitt Mills Ministry Office and travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences taking the books of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills to the nations. We believe this message will empower, equip, and give direction for your life. Now listen to Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for another opportunity to be in your house. As your word comes, oh God, I pray that you will speak to us, Lord. Touch us in our inner man. Let it be well with us, O oh God. I pray that the word will meet us where we stand or where we sit. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Take your seat. Wow. I am, I am, I am happy to see quite a number of you. I thought everybody has uh, acquired a self-acquired one week after mid holiday. <laughs> So push your neighbor and ask your neighbor that, hey, so you how, how, I mean, exactly how, how come you didn't go home? How come? Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. That it's great. And we thank God for taking us through mid week. I beg you, learn. Hey. Don't go and say that. A certain brother told a certain testimony. And so because of the testimony... Hey, I won't learn again. Please. Please. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord blesses us in spite of ourselves. Amen. And we thank him for every miracle. I've heard quite a bit from so many of you. And we want to thank him. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Wow. Very powerful. Today, I'm going to be preaching from one of the scriptures I really like. Yeah. I like it because, you know, Jesus was a storyteller and he always told stories to illustrate his point. And the stories would always say something very direct. Amen. And so we're going to this story in Luke chapter 14. I'm preaching on Anakazo. And, you know, it's amazing because... Anakazo used to be one of the words which was so well known. And there are so many of you who have never heard this word before. And there are also another group who have heard the word, but you don't know what it means. And there's also a third group who have heard the word, you've been told what it means and you have forgotten. So if I was to do a test right now and just pull one of you out of the crowd and say, what is Anakazo? You'll be looking at me like, please, I thought Mitzems, it ended on Friday. What Mitzem is this that you are bringing? Hey, but I'll tell you, anakazo is a word, amen, in the Greek language. And it's, you know, sometimes we go back into the original language of the Bible. The Bible was not written in English. It was not written in Chi, it was not written in Ga. All that, those are translations to make the word of God available to us, amen. But it was written in the language of the day, which was Greek. Now, sometimes... A language can have a word that either does not exist 
in another language, or you will need a sentence to explain it. For example, in the English language, the word maintenance is very simple. That if I start asking you the word maintenance in your language, everything that you say is not maintenance. Nah. Are you here? CSC is not maintenance. CSC is tidy up, neaten up. Yeah, it's not maintenance. Are you there? So in order to say that word maintenance, you have to explain it with a phrase or with a diagram. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you in the church or you have traveled? Yeah. And so because of that, sometimes when you are taking one language to another, you, you end up saying something that's not, it's the meaning, but it's not the full meaning. I can give you a lot of examples. What's the three word for loyalty? You see that we don't have a word. The word that we use is not, it's not loyalty. It's other things. Hey, the church is very quiet. Yeah, just think about it. I'm saying this so that you understand why in order to talk about this thing, Bishop has gone to pick up that word anakazo because it says so much more than just one word. I hope you're getting the point. So don't go and back and say that, hmm, nowadays they have been saying some things. They say, unless we read them for Greek. It's just to get the fuller meaning. You see it again when we are saying the grace. Even before we came to the first love grace, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the no, the communion, fellowship, contribution, participation, and people are saying that, hey, these people, they have gone to write their own grace. It's not true. In the Greek, this, this, this part of the grace is actually a scripture. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It's the last verse in Corinthians. And it says, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Well, that word is koinonia. And it means far more than just fellowship. And that's the contribution and the participation. Are you here? And the communion of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So I'm just telling you that what's going on. So when we say it like that, we have not invented anything. You know, and that's why sometimes the Amplified Bible is a blessing. Because the Amplified Bible decided that we dear will not choose one word. We'll write all. So sometimes by the time you finish reading all, the, I mean, you are lost. You have to start again. Because if there are 50 meanings, they would have written all the meanings there. But when you want to study the thing, it's very nice because you begin to, I mean, you get the, the understanding of it. Amen. I said amen. amen. Are you in church this morning? Hallelujah. So that's why we're talking about this word and we're using the word, the Greek word anakazo. But in order for us to understand it, we're going to have to read a story to show you where it comes from in the Bible. And so let us go to the Luke chapter 14, and we'll start from verse 16. Then said he unto him, Jesus was talking, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, 
and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of that city, of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel, that word compel, that is the word anakazo. Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men that were bidden shall taste of my supper. Hallelujah. Now that word anakazo that has been translated to compel, it says many things. But before I get into that, I just want to point you to a couple of things in the story. This is a picture of how the Lord views his church or how he views his house. And he says that somebody prepared a great supper. As you have come to church this morning, you can see that some preparation has been made. You didn't just come and sit on the floor. You came and put something has been put there. Somebody has worked. Someone has prepared something. Are you here? Somebody has learnt a song. They've come to sing it. Somebody's learnt a dance. All of those things are part of the preparation. Amen. One of the longest bits of the preparation is preparing the word. Every time you see a bona fide woman or man of God preaching, you can be sure that one hour of preaching is the fruit of several hours of work. Are you here? So much has been done to prepare a great supper. Now, then he sent, the Bible says he sent people to go, he sent a servant, go and call people to come. When you have prepared something, you want people to come and see it. If the dancing stars are dancing and there's nobody there, I mean, then why did they go through all of that? So every part of the service, as it is done, it is done because in the master's house, many are supposed to come in. And many times we share with you on this topic of anakazo to talk to you about how to bring people in. So some of you who are here this morning, somebody has practiced anakazo on you. <laughs> are you there? Somebody has compelled you to come. And that's why you are sitting down and throughout all the ministrations you had pulled your mouth. Because somebody compelled you to come. Are you there? There are other many meanings of that word. One of the meanings is to force. So if you find yourself here by force, and you are saying that, ah, church too, is it by force? The person has applied a certain force to bring you into the house of God. They are not out of order. When I say force, I beg you, we are not bombers. We are not, we don't take people's lives. We don't cane them, even though we often feel like it. We don't get there. We don't get there, but sometimes it's close. And it's not badly meant. Are you here? If you are a Christian parent and you have children and you leave the children in the house and you come to church, you are not yet serious. 
Yeah, they're not serious. Every child, you force them to come to church. The same way you force the child to take tablets. And the same way you force the child to go to school. That's how you must force the child to go to church. But many times, what do we see? The child will be there, I don't want to go to church. And then they are playing ball. And you, then you have dressed and you have come to church. You have made a mistake. That child that you have left in the house is the one who will grow up and come and beat you in your old age. And now when he's beating your old age, you'll be saying that, eh, what has happened? When the child was of the age you could carry them to church, you left them. You left them. And if you are here and you, your parents force you to go to church, you must understand that it's not badly meant. It's not badly meant. Are you there? Because the time comes when you cannot force them. I mean, even... Pastor Gopi, come. <laughs> if I have decided at this age, I'm now going to drag him to church. Let us see whether it will work. Look at how he has choked. All right, look at how he has choked. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to drag him. I live not so far away. How far will I get? Hey, hey, Charlie, who is being dragged? Who is taking who where? Yeah. So if I'm now going to try to force, it won't work. It won't work. But when you are Kekeli's age and I can lift you and just baggage you and bundle you to church. Yeah. Hallelujah. Other times we'll put an embargo. You don't go. This doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying to you that it is not out of order. Because according to the meaning of anakazo, one of the meanings is to force. Is to force. Hey. You may not like it, but it is there. Another meaning of the word anakazo is to threaten. Have you seen that we have made Christianity some useless thing? We have made it useless because we don't know this. What we know is that, oh, please, I'm begging you. If you will, perchance, perhaps, maybe, if you like, when you are free, just come and pass. That's not what Jesus thought. That's not what Jesus thought. And that's why sometimes we can tell that, look, you will go to hell if you don't receive Christ. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed preaching in Tumu. And at a point, we fo- I just copied my father's demonstration of Lazarus and the rich man. Hey! By the time we finished the story, I saw pot-bellied men coming to receive Christ. It's like, you nah. It, the, whole, the whole story is a threat. Because you see that. The, and I, when I looked at them, I knew that these people, they are directors of something. Either, you know, directors of different offices as they are here. But as you now, you are looking at, you can see the threat. This behavior, it was reserved for the rich man. Hey! It's a threat. Are you there? Because nowadays, the fan is saying that, hey, don't judge me. When we are speaking the truth, they say judgment. <laughs> only God can judge me who is judging you? we are telling you the truth if I say you are ugly is it a judgment? and if I say your behavior, your behavior is not good is it a judgment? it's a fact it's a fact hey. are you there? it also means to entreat and the Lord is saying that some people you actually beg them some sons you beg it's all inside the word and he used it to tell them you must anakazo people to make the house full. Hallelujah. And so if you are here today, you are a member of this church, or you're somebody who during school time, you are here, it is your bona fide duty to make sure that somebody 
comes into the house of God. Yeah. Oh, the house is full. Then you have not lived in a house that is full before. What is full about this house? Without thinking, I can fit a certain number, a few more hundreds in, without thinking at all. It's because you've grown up in your father's house where you have your room to yourself. But when you ask the one who, mother, father, and eight children, they are in one room, they will tell you it's not full at all. It's not full. When they get up in the morning, all beds are packed away. It's now where we are. Yeah, but at night, the place has another characteristic. Yeah, another. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you in the house or you have traveled? Amen. And so the house is not full. And I'm talking today about, to you today about Anakazo. But I want to take us in a slightly different angle today, which is part of the story. I'm not talking to you today about bringing other people, much as it is a major part in the story. I want us to focus on this. They all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. The master had made his supper with some people in mind. The pastor had prepared the church with some people in mind. The members of the house. Actually, you are the people who are coming. But when they come to come and call you and say it is time for church, there is a certain demon called excuses. And I need to tell you that excuses is also a road to hell, direct without any care. You can make excuses. You can excuse yourself out of the house of God. And that is why I'm sharing this message with you this morning. The first person he went to said that I have bought oxen. I have bought some cows. Not to eat. He was going to try them. To use them to plow and to do other things. He represents those who use what they have as an excuse not to serve God. Not to serve God. Because of what God has given to you. You know, sorry, God bless you for the song Johnny. That's a typical example. The song he sang was about a young man who when he had nothing was in church. But when God blessed him with a job, then he now began to have excuses. He began to have excuses. He wouldn't come to church. Now he has things. He has a TV. He has this. He has that. And some of you are like that. You used to know God better. Hey. But now that God has blessed you and you have something that you could rather have used to help the pushing of the gospel, it's now cry that you have excuses. When you were humble in your own eyes, you used to work for God. But now that you have reached a certain somewhere, even as a young person, your excuses are a lot. It is amazing the kind of things you say when somebody comes to call you. And at times, I wonder to myself, the small that you have in Pony. You used to, when you were before Wasi, that one day you were, you were following God. <laughs> but now that you are a respectable Akito student. Yeah. Now that suddenly you behave as if you are so busy. 
I beg you, oh, please. Maybe other people in your village and your house are impressed with it. Oh, but here, dear. Yeah, dear, I'm sorry. To say we are not impressed. We are not impressed. He said that he has bought a ground. He has to go and see it. So many people, as God blesses them, the more God blesses them, the less they serve him. Those of you who are young ladies, let me just tell you before it happens. Many of you, when you get a child, the child because you stop coming to church. You sit at home for three months, five months, and more, and say that, oh, I haven't named that child yet, that's why I've not come. And yet you take that child to every funeral. You take that child to every family gathering. You take that child everywhere. It's church that you don't bring the child. It's because of what you have, what God has given to you. Ask your neighbor, it is you they are talking about or maybe they didn't come to church. I think they didn't come. They didn't come. Because of what you have. Because of what you have. And you can see nation after nation when they didn't have much, how they served God. And as soon as they have something, you see the arrogance. You see the arrogance. All of a sudden, they have something to say in response to God. And then they open their mouths and say that, oh, Africans, they serve God because of want and because of need. It doesn't matter. One day, the truth will come out. One day. Yeah. Are you here? So the first person said, because of what I have, I can't go. Because of what I have. Yeah. Sometimes I watch young people, you were so working so much. You were so in love with God. No, small that you have, you have become something else. The other one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I go to prove them. When you have five yoke of oxen, you are a serious major farmer. He is going to test them. I pray thee, have me excused. This guy represents people whose job takes them away from God. There are jobs. No, let me, let, let me start by saying that every job will test your commitment to God. Every job. By nature, by, by how the jobs are, they will test your commitment. But there are some jobs. If you do them, you are guaranteed not to follow God because of how the work is. Yeah. So if I were you and I was a little wise, I wouldn't even get myself into that one. But if you have gotten yourself there, you better find some anakazo to keep yourself in church. The guy is now telling God that because of the cause I do, I can't save you. I beg you, you have entered the wrong church because in this church, every kind of person, we have some worshipping God. Oh, yes. Carpenters, masons, gardeners, doctors, lawyers, engineers, pilots. I will never forget one of our bishops today. I'll never forget. He used to have Sunday service. In Accra, Tuesday service in the London church, he was an usher. Every video you see me, when he's here, he will do his usher. He gets there, he's doing his usher. And the reason was that he was in a plane, flying. So wherever he is, he has a church. And he's not there as a visitor like you who has come to the church. You have been here how many months? You are still just hitting the chair. Shame on you. I don't mind your excuse. I'm just saying shame on you. You have planned and programmed yourself to backslide. The guy just had a church everywhere. It's like by, the, by, by my, my, my job, I will be here on this day and here on that day. 
When I get here, I'm an usher. Usher here. Full usher. When he gets here, he's an usher. You, this is your church. You are still hitting the chair. You are now a sitting star. Oh, but pastor, do you know the reason? I don't care your reason. It's an excuse. That's why I'm dealing with you today. Yeah. And I came to tell you that because of the cause, you ask God to bless you with the cause that you do. He has blessed you. Now, your response is that because of the cause he gave you. Because of the cause he gave you. Some of you who are doing another cause that it doesn't demand so much, eh? thank God for it. Because maybe that's why he gave it to you. Because as he looks at you and he knows you, he can see that you, dear, if he made a mistake to let your shadow go and pass through a certain department, you won't serve him ever again. So just take it like that. Take it like that. And, then don't, and, and don't use, don't use your, 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 your school. And for those of you, don't use your job. We are not impressed. Hey. I'm sorry. We should be shivering and honoring you and saying that you have done very well. But I won't say that because I don't see. Whatever your job is, the type sum is in the church. And not just in the church, at the highest level of the church. So we know for sure that it is possible to serve God fully and still do that job that you are doing and still do that cause that you are doing. Hey! And not fail. Because that's another thing. Some of you, you say that, hey, you see, I was doing, but because of that, that I'm failing in this church, then I don't know where you are from. I don't know where you are from. I don't know where you are from. In this church where we even, sometimes we get somebody and say, come, just today, your pastor was telling me that, mommy, we, I want to, us to organize this person to be by this person. Because I can see they are struggling. We, our eyes are on your causes. Hey. The church has become quiet again. Tell your neighbor, mommy says she doesn't fear you. I don't mind at all. So I came to speak to you. Every medical student who is not working and you are in the house, you have planned to backslide. You are still my friends. I'll still smile when I see you. But you have still planned to backslide. Hey, Pastor, you see, it's not like that. I'm not as smart as... No, 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 no. Everybody, you see, the work that we do for God, eh, there are even some of the jobs that begin and end only on Sunday while you are in church. Oh, it's true. We have tailor-made jobs according to your situation. Those who can work every single day. Ah, okay. Those who, Charlie, my work, I have some people here, I would have called them money, I don't want them to be embarrassed. Yeah. Their jobs are so wild. What they do is what? When they arrive on Sunday, they arrive early, work starts. When they finish their work, when service finishes and they finish their work, that's it till next week. But they are doing something for God. They are better than you. They are better than you who we can't say anything about you. You are just coming using your excuses. Every Akito student. You see, you don't understand. It's the studio. But there are other Akito students here. <laughs> ah, Bafo, are you not an Akito student? Are you not here? Oh, yeah. He's handling the choir. When the choir was with Pastor Sean, how many were there, Pastor Sean? You had about how many? You have even forgotten how many choristers you had. Oh. But when we gave it to him, the choir grew. Ah. But choir, what I'm saying, is it true or it's not true? Please, do you still go to the studio? You are drawing. Yeah. 
<laughs> you are class rep or top? Ah, you are not class rep. We beg you. Ah, uh, Jada, are you an Akito student or you are not? You are not an Akito student. Ah. Technical people, does your work start on Sunday at 10? <laughs> yeah. What am I saying to you? You can't say it's because of your cause. You can't say that. You can't say that. Hey, please sit down. We won't accept. You can do something in the house of God. You can do something. Tell to your neighbor and say, you can do something, something. Ah. Are you here? Your excuses make us tired. So catch yourself. Today they, I am preaching to you and saying, catch yourself. Stop that rough day. Get to the job. Get to the job. The excuses are enough. It's like you are, you are making excuses to go to hell. It. I'm dialing it. It's only it's only fine protocol that's made me not mention your name because I can see some of you looking at me like, oh mommy, you're bad today. <laughs> fine protocol is not allowing me to call your name. Hey, are you in the house or you have traveled? Yeah, but are you saying that if we don't work, then we are unbelievers? If you don't work, sooner or later, you will be an unbeliever. Sooner or later, you will slide out of the house of God. I can tell you that without any doubt in my mind. Why? Because of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. It says that if we are in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Then it goes on to talk about the blood of Jesus. But the sign of your Christianity is the fellowshipping. As soon as you begin to make those excuses, excuse not to fellowship, excuse, 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 not to fellowship, you are beginning to manifest darkness that is not in Jesus Christ. And one of the things that helps you in your fellowshipping is when you are doing something. Everybody who works and does something for God will tell you of the days when they wake up and they really and truly don't feel like going somewhere. Then they remember. Then they remember that they have something to do. Yesterday, it took me 12 and a half hours to get to my house on the road. When I came and I entered straight into a meeting. What time did we finish? Around midnight. Then I went to bed. And I woke up at dawn to prepare. And when I woke up, I said, where am I? And then, I said, it's Sunday. And I said, oh God. But I remembered that I'm going to have to be here to preach. So there's no time to backslide. It's time to get up and move on. And you, some of you travel just a crack you say you have traveled. And you need, you are tired. You need time to recover. You are old bones waiting to die early. No, no, it's just what you have planned to put yourself through. I mean, how can it be a journey? A crack to Kumasi, where are you walking? On top of that, look at how the buses are even comfortable these days. We should have put you into bone shakers. Bone shakers. When your grandmother used to travel, it was bone shaker they were using. When you sit down inside, one day I sat in a certain car. And at that time, I had something on my phone. 
when you walk, it calculates your steps. The violence of the shaking. When I reached Accra, it said, Pekurang, Pekurang, you have overdone your... <laughs> you, are, you are past your, 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 your record. You are past your limits. You are past it. When I looked that day, that day I deleted the app. I said, you are a very foolish app. <laughs> I've only sat in the car. And Kokura, 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 the bag was filling. Kokura, Kokura, I said, hey. <laughs> But you are sitting and the buses are getting more and more beautiful by the day. And then you go and come practicing laziness. Practicing weakness. Practicing foolishness. Planning to backslide. May the Holy Ghost beat you. May he send circumstances and angels to deal with you. Yeah. It's not a prayer I am praying to destroy you. It's a prayer I am praying to cause sense. Yeah. To enter your head. Yeah, sense. Hey. Now me, why are you blasting us today? I should have blasted you a long time ago. Mache. The next one is the most dangerous of them all. I have married a wife. And therefore, I cannot come. I have married a wife. Gentlemen, I came to tell you. That God says that when you find a wife, you have found a good thing and you obtain favor from the Lord. How did that favor from the Lord that he has given to you, how did it become the reason why you stopped working, serving him? How possible? How possible? What kind of wife did you marry? You went around looking at legs and hips. You don't even know if she's a, a, a believer at all. No, it's real. Let me just tell you. As for marriage, eh? Shortcut back. There's no shortcut at all. There's no one shortcut anywhere. But I want us to go into this a little deeper. It is not only marriage that is a very close relationship. Yeah. So let us talk about intimate relationships. Close relationships. You will be surprised that it is the relationship of another person like you that you are very close to. Some of you, your group members, who are the friends that you have, they are the reason why you don't serve God. They shudder and put group meetings on Sunday. And you are so weak, you can't tell them that it's not happening. If you were very necessary to the prayer, to the, to, the, to the group, they will do what you want. If you made yourself necessary. But because you have made yourself only a receiver, they must always be teaching you. That's why they can tell you that we are meeting on Sunday at 11. And then you two, like a crow, you say, yo, I'm coming. <laughs> you sit at the group meeting and you're only, yes, please. Yes, please. Having a monologue with your friends. But if you were crucial to that group, when they say, uh, Sunday, say, please, we are not meeting on Sunday. No. Sunday is my day for God. Move it to another day. Oh yeah, there are people here like that. There are people here like that. There are people here like that. And they determine the meeting and their group members follow it because they know that when they come, their input to is very wild. Yeah. 
by you, you are just there. Are you here? Who are the people who are close to you? Who are the people? You see, I'm saying it because it's, I mean, you are young yet. You are now coming. Most of you are not married yet. That's the ultimate. But even before you get there, you can have a certain kind of relationship that will stop you from serving God. Yeah. A certain kind. A certain kind. You can walk so closely with somebody that when the person says or does, it affects what you do for God. Example, one example for some of you young ladies is your mom. Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. When my sons begin to think about full-time missions and this, I actually close my mouth. Because I'm a mom. And I'll say, oh, eh. Oh, but eh. If you did, and then I will say something else that will keep you around. But by the time, you see, by the time I wake up, I have hindered your ministry and what God calls you to do. You are very quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Those close relationships. Some of you are not close to your parents. You are close to somebody else. And that close relationship, because you don't want it to go, then you say, oh, because of that, I can't go. I cannot answer the call of God. Yeah. Are you there? There are people that we have sent at times, live here and go and start another church. Say, oh, pastor, I'll be here, I won't go. You see, they like their pastor, they like their shepherd, they want to stay. No, no, then you are making the relationship become a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, you make it become a tragedy. Rather, you go. When we come to rejoice, we shall rejoice over everything that you have done. Hey, the church has become quiet. Yeah. When my first son was leaving for missions, he was going with his pregnant wife. And it was now time. The car had come. We packed everything into the car. He said, Baba, I hugged them. This, that, two pictures. I didn't even wait for the car to exit. And I walked back into the house crying like a child. I didn't want them to see my tears. I told them that, oh, I will see them off at the airport. Fortunately, Kumasi is far from Kotoka. And they were going to Accra to do a few things before going. But one day, days after, weeks after, months after, we were there and we got a picture on a Sunday. And there he was preaching. And in front of him was a whole line of souls receiving Jesus. All Madagascans. And that day I said, Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Does it mean I don't miss them? Of course it doesn't mean that I don't miss them. But what I'm saying to you is that if my mother thinks, mother hen thinks, come. Then it's like now you make it difficult for the person to go difficult for the person to accept the, the, the call of God. And some of you, you are saying that, oh, when I finish, I'm going to Accra. Has God sent you to Accra? Maybe he has sent you in the opposite direction. <laughs> but you can't go. And then you are saying that, oh, my father says that I shouldn't go to Tumu. Let me tell you something. There is no proper parent who, when you go to say, God has sent me, there's no proper parent who will say, go. Every proper parent will say, oh, 
Don't go. Oh, how? I mean, how? Are you not okay here? Eh? Look, I mean, I can give you a place to be free accommodation. Oh, I'll organize your national service for you. You have a comfortable place. Oh, you want to marry the girl? You don't have money. I'll sort it out for you. I mean, that's a proper parent. So when you come and you use your parents as the reason why you won't answer the call, you have made a mistake. Everybody who has answered the, the call has had to climb over parents. And so in this church, have you been teaching people that um, they, should, uh, they should disrespect their parents? I thank God I don't know who you are because I would have answered you in gun. I would have flowed. Ah! The Bible says that we should obey our parents. We obey our parents in everything. And if you're not obeying your parents, you are some way child. But every child work out his or her own salvation with fear and trembling. One day you will get to that point where Jesus is standing here. Your parents are standing there. And you must choose one of them. And that's why he says that you, if you are going to be his disciple, one day you will hate your father. You will hate your mother. You will hate your children. You will hate your wife. He says you hate even your very life. What do you think is the meaning of that scripture? One day what you want will be in direct opposition to them. Today I have people say that, oh, your pastor, your children are all pastors. We want our children to become pastors. I said, it is not any uh, formula. But I remember the day that I knelt and I said, Lord, I've released my children. I've released my right as a mother. What you say I should do, I will do. I was crying. What you said I should do, I will do. Because I could see that small now I'm passing here because of the ministry. Small now I'm passing there. Small now I'm passing there. That's why I thank God I have lived long enough to see him tell it and bring them back to me. But there's no guarantee. It may not have been. I may have died before that. So there is a price and there is a cost. And when it comes to the time when you must pay the price, pay it. Don't start with mommy says, daddy says. Don't start. Because the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. You will stand in your judgment alone. Your father will not be there. Your mother will not be there. You will account yourself alone for yourself. And you cannot go and stand in front of Jesus. <laughs> but you, the, the parents, you, oh, I'm loving this rap. <laughs> oh God, but you know, the parents you gave me that you said I should obey them, no? They said I should stay. As you are saying, Angel Gabriel will be standing there getting ready to slap you. Yeah. <laughs> are you here? I am amazed at how people suddenly become phlegmatic. Meanwhile, you, when you are an unbeliever, when they say, when they lock the gate, you climb it. When they put wire over the wall, you jump it. But today, as you have become a believer, you have become like bread that has fallen into water over the things of God. You better rise up. I said, you better what? You better rise up. You must make a decision to serve God no matter what. No matter the cost. He gave everything for you. 
give everything. Hey. Is it expensive? Of course it is expensive. There is a price to every anointing that you see. Every anointing that you see, the person has paid something. Every anointing. Every anointing. The person has paid something. Yeah. Hey. But as for God, he's a paymaster. When you have sacrificed your sacrifices, when he starts to pay you back, you nah. Oh yeah, I say you nah. You realize that, look, this payment, only God, only God. I spoke to a parent recently. The parent has been tormented by one of the children. Then the person said to me, never take it for granted that your children are pastors. I said, never take it for granted. It is not like that. Never take it for granted. Yeah. They are not only pastors. The two who are married are also married to pastors. Hey. Um, but mommy, you see, me, I don't want to be a pastor. Listen, shut up. <laughs> it is simply an example of marrying a good person or a good thing, a potentially good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in the house or you have traveled? Three excuses, three demons that can lead you to hell. Yeah, because at the end of this, let's read it. <clears throat> Look at what the master says. Very surprising. Please just take the book for me. It's easier. Hallelujah. Just look at what he says in verse 24. The last verse. He says, For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. It's like I have closed them. I have closed them. You thought that you can just do last and last and go and come. You will come back and discover that God has closed you. And there are many people who after a few circumstances have dealt with them, they have returned that God, I want to come back, only to discover that where they left things, things are not there anymore. It has moved on. As for God and his work, there will always be people. There will always be people. Yeah. How can you not see the man fill the house? He filled it. Yeah. He filled it. That's why I say to you that if you have found a church, don't play the fool. Because when you play the fool, you are the only person who loses. Your place, next week, somebody will be there. Yeah. I speak to myself and I say, let me treasure my church. Because I can see if I play the fool, oh, you will be there and they will just, God will just cause a replacement. Yeah. There have been wives, there have been husbands who have been playing the fool, hindering them, and God has just called them home now. Yes! Hey, you are very quiet. A certain man of God, certain man of God, this is not a story, it's a real one. He was speaking. It's a recorded message. And he said he criticized the blood of Jesus. This was a man of God. I mean, when he's calling, is the thousands. People come to him. And he criticized the blood of Jesus. And then he said, they have made Christianity a bloody religion. And they have made it this, this, this. I don't go with those. The guy, he died in a rubbish heap. I tell you. I tell you. The Christian world shook when the man died. And wondered that, oh, but God, what has happened? That you have cut off this one in the middle of, midst of his life. Of course, immediately we began to think about the enemy. 
until somebody found a clip. Because when you question and you renounce the blood of Jesus Christ, it's the whole of salvation you have thrown out. And I believe that God just said, that's far and no further. Out. I said, just like that. Move him. If they can move a man of thousands. You with your basenta of three. Batenta. Your batenta of three and your basenta of eleven. I mean, I mean, please. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Pastor of 40. I'm ending. The Bible tells us the story of a rich man. He had a lot. And he said, hey, my tears are plenty. Look, where am I going to put things this year? I will pull down my bands and I will build bigger ones. And then I'll put things in there. Then I shall take my ease. I will take my ease. Eat. Drink. And be merry. I remember watching a little drama where when it got to that point, Satan said, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. After he had made all his plans, then God just not, eh, go, go, go. I'm calling you for a meeting. Just, just return. And he called him and said, you fool. <laughs> hey, God said unto him, you fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Then whose shall be those things? Whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Whose will it be? As you are there, using your degree to boot God. Will you go with it? As you are there, using the things you have as an excuse. You see, where I am, well, they have to lock the gates. And we lock the gates at 9 o'clock, you know, because all around us are all these kind of um, people. So, you know, I can't really make it to these kind of meetings, you know, because, I mean, where it is, no, it doesn't work like that. You fool! You said what? They lock your gate at 9. Just solve it. Just solve it. Me, mom, dear, my landlady, you will just agree that when I come, you have given me a key, we are coming. You, you will just agree. Because the way I'll persecute you, oh, I will not come early. And I will sleep in the room I paid for. Oh, cry. Are you here or you have traveled? Yeah. You are finding funny, funny, funny. The person doesn't agree. The house is not for you. Move. Ah. Move and collect your balance. Yeah. Are you in the house? Because you are saying because of what you have. They have to lock the door. Be it known unto you, if God didn't take care of you yet, if God didn't take care of you, you can lock the door, padlock it, you can put electric wires around there and see. If God doesn't take care of you, they will still enter. They will still enter. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of our spiritual daughters, they had done all. Everything was set. The doors, steel doors. Yeah. They, had tried, they tried to even hack the door down. But they couldn't hack it down. One day they arrived. The people were inside the yard. Waiting. And at that point, the door that we can't open, open it. <laughs> yeah. So you should just see that it's God who has just covered you. 
instead of using an excuse. What I have. Oh, it's not like that. It's my job. My job. You know what? You don't know that. that you, you see, if you have eyes to see what is going on in the world, eh, you will begin to understand that your job, it can be gone tomorrow. In fact, it can be gone by the time I finish preaching tonight. Because people have been there. The residents of Kobe went to sleep one night in Japan. The following morning, it's not only the job that was gone, the office was no longer there. Earthquake has come. It has mixed them all around the place. One night. So don't use your job, please. Just keep praying to God for mercy that, Lord, let it remain. This Ghana, were we not here? We woke up one day, five banks were believed. They said they have put them all into one. You, 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 you are crying that they put the five banks into one. You should ask what has happened to the people who work there. And you should ask what has happened to those who were not even in those banks, but their bank was related to those banks. Go and ask and see. It will let you understand that what that foundation you have built for yourself is nothing. It's nothing. I'm talking to some people in the house. Amen. You say your job. You say your cause. Some of the people who get free flights from France flowing freely. You know? They didn't end it all. Something happened. But it's there. Yeah. You can be out of your course tomorrow. Cry. None of those things are permanent. None. You say because of that relationship. You will be there when they go and bring another. Oh. So many women. As soon as we see the guy, we lose our ability to reason well. Sometimes... When you even see the girl and you see the guy, you wonder that, ah. But if even you would do, would you not have brought something better? Oh. What is this thing that you have brought? But you see that. No, what I'm saying is very serious. Oh. If you're a young lady, don't laugh too much. Rather say, Lord, let your mercy be upon me. Yeah. It's because it hasn't caught you. That's why you are laughing. But when you go and you fall for something that is moving, defies all logic. Hey. The Bible says, by means of a warish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. When you see a man being brought to a piece of bread, you won't believe it. Say, you will not believe it. There are men who have signed over all their property. All their property. And you wonder, when they wake up, they've done it. And they ask them, ah, but how? One gentleman, one older man, he was, I mean, at a point, very nice guy. Very nice man. When he turned around, eh, the wife, you see, they were outside the country. The wife used to come home, not knowing when she comes. She (laughs) She comes to sell the property. (laughs) He never knew when he was about 55 years old, then he said, hey, I better be getting back home so that old age doesn't catch me. Let me look for a job and I can build. When he arrived, she had sold everything, everything, everything. He was left with one small piece of land which she was in the process of selling. And he had managed to put her. I tell you, I tell you, she had brought him to a piece of bread. Nice guy. Her. 
If it was not, I remember one time I asked him because he had looked after his children after the lady had left. He had looked after his children. I remember one time I asked him, I said, Prof, I think that because of your kids you should marry again. Then he said, what I have been through and what I have seen, from that day, the thing called a desire for woman, it died in my life. So traumatized that he has no reaction to a woman. Hey! By means of a warish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. Let us remember these things and say to ourselves that, Lord, insofar as I'm still alive and you have given me health and breath and strength, you are first. Everybody else is second, including my wife, my children, my husband, my job, my school, my parents, my everybody is second. You and you alone are first. I'm talking to you today and saying to you that it's not only an akazo you will use on somebody, use it on yourself. I say, use it on yourself. Compel yourself. Force yourself. Threaten yourself. Entreat yourself. Command yourself. Compel yourself. Lead yourself. Pull yourself. Push yourself. Help yourself. And say that, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I will serve you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. This afternoon, some of you, you need to re rededicate your life to Jesus. You have fallen too far. Backsliding, the definition of backsliding is when you look today and you are doing less today than you were doing yesterday. That's backsliding. And so in this moment, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, consider yourself where you stand. Some of you, you are Christians, but when you speak, you sound like an unbeliever. I have met people who call themselves Christians. Some are not even just Christians. Some are even part of the United Nations with us. And when people are trying to serve God, they take the place of the devil and start to persuade them not to serve God. Today, reconnect yourself with God. Whoever you are, reconnect yourself together with God. Reconnect yourself. Talk to the Lord and ask him to have mercy on you. And ask him to help you to come back and to do what you will do and say what you will say to him. Talk to the Lord this afternoon. Find your way back. Find your way back to the Lord. Find your way some of you should be talking to God and ask him to forgive you tell him that you didn't know you didn't realize it you didn't recognize it but Lord as I've seen it I've turned and I've changed talk to the Lord Talk to the Lord this afternoon. Talk to the Lord. You don't mind spending five or six hours watching a movie, but when you come to church, you're looking at your phone, at your time. Oh, the service is too long. Oh, they're preaching for... No, it is 
who has backslidden. Get back to God. You have what to go and do. Talk to the Lord this It's time to return to God. It's time to apply an accounting to yourself. To yourself. To yourself. To yourself. Hallelujah. Just give me that song, Take Me Back. Somebody, that should be your prayer. Take me back. Take me back. Oh, sing it along. To the place. as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Today I'm going to have two altar calls. My first altar call this afternoon is for you who used to do more for God and you have backslidden. You are doing less today, far less than you used to do. But after listening to this message, you are saying, God, take me back. I'm going to come back fully. I'm going to put things aside. I'm going to pay the price. And I'm coming back to work. You are not an unbeliever. You are a Christian, yes. But you can see that it's not as it is. You are my first altar call. And as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that is you, 
Lift up your hand where you are standing. If that is you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you for being honest enough. If you don't mind, step out and come. I just want to pray for you. Just come. Just come. Where I first forward a little bit. Move forward. Come Take forward, those in front. Let us pray. For a few minutes, just talk to God. Talk to God. Give him back your heart. Give him back your heart. Tell the Lord, it used to be yours. I didn't realize I had taken it back. But today, Lord, I'm giving you back my heart and I'm coming fully. Coming back to serve you and to work with you. I want you to say this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for not placing you first. This afternoon, I repent. I turn away. I change direction. And I'm coming back to you. Take me back, Lord. Receive me back, Lord. I lift my life into your hands again. Please lead me to serve you with all my heart. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. Thank you for not deleting my life when I was away. Today, I have returned. Today, I am yours. From today, Lord, I will serve you. I will work with you. I will do what you ask me to do. I will pay the price. So help me, God, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each one standing here. I pray, O oh God, that they will serve you with all their hearts. Lead them into that thing that is yours for them and let them fulfill it. Let no one standing here this afternoon let no one get to heaven and hear that they didn't fulfill their call. But because of today, let them fulfill their purpose in life. The reason why you brought them here. Let them be the reason why others come to you. Let them be the reason. Let their lives be a picture of you, oh God. And at the end of it, bless them. Bless them in all that they do. Their studies, their work, their relationships, their families, their homes. Some have fallen away out of need, oh God. Provide for them. In Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. You may return to your seat. God bless you. God bless you. every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Maybe you are here. You have not backslidden. It's just that you've never given your life to Jesus. You too. He's calling you today. 
Jesus is always looking and always saying, come. That's why after making the supper, that man said, go and call them to come. He has called you and you are here today. You need to respond to his call and give your life to him. You are here. You've not given your life to Jesus. You are not sure that if you die, you go to heaven. Don't delay any longer. Return, come to him and give your life to him. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand and we'll pray together. Lift up that hand and we'll pray together. God bless you for your hands. God bless you. God bless you. I don't want you to be shy. I don't want you to think about your friend. I see your hands at the back, at the front. I see your hands. Now, if you've lifted up your hand to receive Jesus, just come to me. Just come to me. Just come. Maybe you've been in church a long time, but you're just not sure of your state. Come. Come and give your life to him. Come and give your life to Jesus. Just come. Let an usher or a pastor help you. Just come. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come. Just stand in front here. We'll pray together. God bless you. God bless you. There's joy in heaven today because of you. The angels are rejoicing because of you. God bless you as you come. God bless you. God bless you. Let him have his way. You are standing in the congregation. Your heart is beating. And you are saying that I want this part of the service to end. It's a sign that he's calling you. It's a sign all is not well. Step out also and join us and let us pray. Just come. Just come. You can hear a voice telling you, don't go, don't go. I silence the voice of the enemy. And I say, step out and come. Just come. Just come. I'm waiting for you. God bless you. Just come. God bless you. Just come. God bless you. Jesus is calling you this afternoon. Step out and come. Step out and come. Hallelujah. If you're standing in front, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Those of us in the congregation, we're joining you to support you. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sin. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, thank you so much for each one who has given their life to you. I pray for them that, Lord, you watch over them and keep them. Let it be well with them, O oh God. I ask, Lord, that you will fill their lives with good things. Thank you for blessing them. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at FLIDRC. God richly bless you.